Welcome everyone. This is the first morning praise, albeit now afternoon praise, since before lockdown. I'd like to, on behalf of the parish lay leaders, welcome you all. So now we will begin our service. The Lord is here. His the spirit, spirit is, with us. is with us. And we will say our prayers of penitence to say sorry to God for all the wrong things we have done and said. Heavenly Father, we have sinned, we have sinned in, in thought, word and deed and have and failed to do what we what ought, we to, ought have done. to have done. We are sorry and truly repent for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and lead us in his way to walk as children of God. Amen. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. And we will now have our first reading. The first reading is taken from Acts chapter 8, beginning at the first verse. And Saul was there, giving approval to his death. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in, at Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the country, Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned, his, mourned him deeply. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs that he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many and many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Now for some time, a man named Simon had preached the sorcery in, in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is the divine power known as the great power. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his magic. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere astonished by the great signs and the miracles he saw. This is the word of the Lord. The reflection on what we have just seen, we just heard on Acts chapter 8. 
the end of Acts chapter 7 recounts how Stephen was put to death. When Stephen, refusing to stop preaching the word of God, was brought before the Sanhedrin. His words infuriated the Jewish elders and priests, and they ordered that he be taken outside the city walls and stoned. So concerned were the high priest that so many of these disciples of Jesus Christ, that now a great persecution of the Christian begins, with Saul at the forefront of the ruthless and violent harassment. The reading tells how Saul dragged off men and women and put them in prison. This led to the Christians fleeing to the surrounding countryside in fear of their lives. But although they were scattered, they continued to tell of Jesus as they went. Philip, who had been acclaimed the first missionary in scripture and the first evangelist, went to a town in Samaria. Here we are told he proclaimed the Christ, healing the sick and converting and baptizing many, including Simon, the infamous and influential sorcerer. Philip's successful evangelizing, which brought great joy in that city, suggests God's sustaining presence and blessing on Philip and all his work. It becomes clear, trusting in, in God's presence and filled with the Holy Spirit, these prosecuted followers of Christ are soon able to evangelize with confidence. How ironic that in attempting to destroy the early church by scattering the followers of Christ, the authorities were actually facilitating the spreading of the word and the development of the Christian community. A similar irony may be seen in the case of Saul. He, who had approved of Stephen's death and attempted to destroy the church, was struck down and challenged by Jesus on his way to Damascus to hunt down more Christians. The most earnest prosecutors becomes the greatest of apostles with the help of God. Similarly, too, the high priests try to suppress the Christian movement by crucifying Jesus outside the city walls on a rubbish dump. But that cross, high on a hill, was visible to all from a distance and has become the iconic symbol of Christ's redemptive sacrifice and victorious resurrection on the third day. Christians today may feel oppressed too. The modern world has presented the church with many challenges and even before the present uh, uh, pandemic, Christians may have felt dispirited and discouraged. The COVID-19 coronavirus crisis 
has brought suffering of many kinds to the whole church. And many feel that we at some kind, we are at some kind of crossroads. Our world, our church may be entering a new era. We do not know what lies ahead of us or what may be asked of us in the future. And there is much at the movement to make us fear the worst. So all we can do and all we must do is trust that God will be with us as he was with the early Christians. Amen. The psalm for today is Psalm 130, and we will soon hear it sung by King's College, Cambridge. The key theme of the psalm is waiting in hope. In the current climate we're all living in, we're all waiting in hope. As Christians, we know that God is with us and he understands our pain, suffering and fear. Our hope is for a vaccine and we put our trust in God that he will guide those who are striving to provide the world with this positive way forward. Matthew Henry was a Welsh non-conformist minister 400 years ago, and in his commentary of this psalm, he states, it is our privilege that we may cry unto the Lord and be heard. Hope eternal from the psalms throughout the centuries to the present day. Thank you. 
now have our second reading. The second reading is taken from the first letter of Peter, chapter one, beginning at verse three. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. This ends the reading. Peter probably wrote this letter in Rome at the outbreak of Emperor Nero's persecutions. He had John Mark with him and Paul's companion Silas to help him write. Christians in other parts of the empire would soon be suffering as they were in Rome. Peter's message is one of comfort, hope and encouragement to stand firm. It is encouraging and upbeat and he's reminding his readers that even in times of suffering, there is so much to gladden the heart and to thank God for. His gift of new life, the resurrection of Jesus, a legacy we will one day possess, which is kept safe for us by God himself. Trials have a purpose. They test faith and prove it genuine. The dark days are short in comparison with the joy to come. The prophet spoke of this gift of salvation, predicting Christ's suffering and glory. The Old Testament prophets had a message for their own generation, but they also looked to the future when Christ would come. These are the things 
you have now heard from the messengers who brought God's good news, things that angels themselves long to catch a glimpse of. So the encouragement he offered in our readings are the scope and goal of God's purpose, the excitement of the prophets, and the eagerness of the angels to grasp this wonderful plan. There are many more throughout this letter. If we take it at face level, value, we conclude that the reason Peter wrote this letter was that he sees Christians in danger of persecution and unprepared, just as we were for not, not prepared for COVID-19. In the light of this, he aimed to do two things, to encourage and testify to the true grace of God, which he urges his readers to stand for. Perhaps the rector of I am gave a sermon on these words of Peter way back in the 17th century, when a tailor in the town had received a roll of cloth, bringing with it the deadly plague. The heroic inhabitants, led by the rector's encouragement, isolated themselves and their town from the outside world for 14 months, so as not to spread the plague to the neighbouring communities and potentially saving thousands of lives. Over 200 of their own parishioners perished from the plague. And the, there's a particularly sad incident when a young engaged couple was separated by this lockdown. The girl who lived in Iam was only able to wave to her fiance across the river, which separated the two towns. They did so every day until one day the girl was not there. She didn't come again. And when after 14 months, the lockdown ended, the fiance rushed to AM only to find she had died. Devastated, he never married and became a recluse. The death of Emmet Siddell, his fiance, is recorded in the parish records. These ordinary people made a heroic sacrifice, knowing many of them would die but stood fast, not letting the plague spread to others and not seeing friends and loved ones in other communities again. Peter's words, or similar, may, be, may have been preached by the rector and these might have rallied them to bravely stand fast to this brave act. Taking Peter's words to heart, as perhaps they did, even now, centuries later, such encouragement and statements of the grace of God offer an equally firm foothold for Christian believers facing whatever the 21st century after Christ may bring. In the present crisis, we at least can keep in touch with friends and loved ones via technology, even if we can't meet in person. Amen. We will now have our prayers of intercession. Let us pray. Let us pray for the church, for the world, and for all people according to their needs. Today, in our cycle of prayer, we pray for West Radnham Ministry Area and their leader, Andrew Perrin. And we pray for the Episcopal Church and the Most Reverend Michael Curry, the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church. We also pray for Archbishop John and all the clergy in our ministry area and their families. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, may we be encouraged by Paul's words in Romans. He assures us that you, Lord, are for all of us who are in Christ, for those who have been saved by their faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we know that despite persecutions suffered by the early Christians, as Luke tells us, that through the leadership of the apostles, Christianity survived and spread not just through the world, but down through the ages. Lord, guide us through all hardships we suffer, especially now in this time of a pandemic. Give us strength and courage to carry on with our lives and help others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Peter showed us how important faith is, a faith we can anchor deep with and a faith which holds us during the storms of life. He wrote to people who were finding it increasingly difficult to live their faith. Even today, it is increasingly difficult to, to be a Christian, especially in some countries. But we must find a way to live our faith without compromise. Lord, help us to stay strong in our faith and to guide us through the problems we encounter. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Give wisdom and desire for peace to all our world's leaders as we are fighting a worldwide problem a pandemic which is also affecting those innocent victims of war and unrest. Together, together may all nations come together to fight the unseen enemy, COVID-19, and not to fight each other. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Thank you, Lord, that even in these anxious times you are with us. We pray for all medical staff and scientists and all who are working to discover treatments and preventative medicines for coronavirus and other illnesses. We pray for those who are suffering in body and in mind because of the problems created by the virus. Comfort and heal them and give them resilience and peace of mind. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear us as we remember those who have died and our own loved ones. Grant us with them everlasting light and peace. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. October the 18th is the Feast of St. Luke. So the collect, collect for today is particularly apt. Almighty God, you called Luke the physician, whose praise is in the gospel, to be an evangelist and physician of the soul. By the grace of the spirit and through the wholesome medicine of the gospel, give your church the same love and power to heal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit, be all honour and glory, now and forever. Amen.
together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And we will now affirm our faith. Do you believe and trust in God the Father, the creator of all? I believe and trust in God the Father. Do you believe in his Son, Jesus Christ, the Saviour of the world? I believe and trust in God the Son. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life? I believe and trust in God the Holy Spirit. This is the faith of the church. This is our faith. We believe and trust in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. The Lord bless us and protect us from evil and keep us in eternal life. Amen. Go Amen. in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. of sovereign power come shake the earth again that all may see and come with bears your name in your hand Lord remember mercy oh living God whose mercy shall outlast the years remember oh Works 
voice of sovereign power, come shake the earth again.